everybody, welcome to episode 237 of the Bite Me Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Cliff Johnson. I am joined by Dylan the Rappin' Muppet. The Rappin' Granny. Yeah. Can, could you rap like a grandma? Um, I mean, How old is this grandma? 84. Uh, elderly. Very elderly. I can, I'll rap like presents. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I, uh... I saw a dude on TikTok who was like, let me show you what 15 years of beatboxing sounds like. And he's like, this is a week of beatboxing. And then like a month and then a year and then ten, five years and then 10 years. And I'm like, you know, that's very this impressive. But also, uh, is that like a skill? Like, can you make money beatboxing somehow? Yes. How? I mean, you can make money doing anything. That's a good oh, yeah. point. Do you think you like, like, do you like beatbox on a, a street corner? Maybe. Oh, you can. You can definitely busk. Busk a... Busk a I don't know. There was something there. I, I, I lost it. Anyway, Colby's here Woo! too. Say hey to Cole. Woo! Um, today we're going to talk about... Um, like, Sony probably should be in Troll Corner, but I already put him in Troll Corner for this once, so I don't think it's fair to put him in it again, but uh, Sony is directly... It's, yeah, they're, they're, they're per- perpetually there. We're going to do some Borderlands 3 news. That's what we're talking about. Uh, Fortnite... Like, I, I don't... I don't want to. I want to bury this lead a little bit. Fortnite is getting the most bizarre crossover that I can possibly imagine. Like, I imagine a bunch of people got the update today about Fortnite and getting a new character and went, "Who?" Um, we're gonna talk about that. Far Cry Six is actually political, um, no. regardless of what maybe Ubisoft may have said. The uh, dude in charge of it actually came out and, and admitted that in fact Far Cry Six is actually political. Uh, Minecraft apparently has been shouting out to 4chan for 10 years, um, and Microsoft maybe thought after 10 years it was time to remove that. We'll talk about that. Uh, AMD's new Fidelity FX Super Resolution is coming, and it's actually even cooler than um, I initially thought about. We talked a little bit about this last week. It's got some some neat features we're going to talk about this week. And Sierra Online, um, or something kind of like it, might be making a comeback. I'm unsure how I feel about that. We'll talk about that a little bit. We got questions from our deacon, our deacon, our deacon, Colby, Princess Megan, Jill Coleslaw. So we're a little light on questions and Rich is like, I got questions. We got questions. Just I got questions. It'll be fine. A couple cheap free games, uh, a little bit of Troll Corner. EA's in there this week. Um, like I said, Sony, like the Troll Corner brought to you by Sony. Uh, EA is in there this week. So that's how it goes. Uh, that's first, we're going to talk. They sponsor that you can. <laughs> they they push to get someone else in there for. <laughs> that's what happens when you're sponsored. Sony gave us a thousand dollars to uh, take their named troll corner and put someone else in it besides Sony. God, that'd be amazing. Like it's some sort <laughs> of like, I don't know. I, I love that idea, Dylan. I'm going to write to Sony and see how we can make a little bit of that sweet, sweet PlayStation money. Anyway, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. About Dylan is playing a game right now that. Uh, is interesting because it's been kind of not commercially panned, but it's been commercially kind of meh. Uh, but like, I hear that people play it really like it, so I'm excited to hear about Dylan talk about uh, Bio Mutant. Yeah, that's kind of what I am seeing too. Um, and I have got to spend a little bit more time with it. I was camping for a few days, um, so obviously I was not playing video games then. But you've got I a have- switch, Dylan. Well, it's not. It's on Xbox. It's true. That is true. Uh, <laughs> um, but this is definitely, I think, one of those games that 
a lot of people would like to play and maybe they're not playing it right now because of um just the criticalness around it um but there's actually a huge patch that has happened recently i think it's the 1.4 patch Mm -hmm. um and it actually fixes a lot of things nice it's a pretty substantial patch that actually um i'd be curious to actually go play back the game from the beginning because it actually cuts down a lot of the exposition in the beginning which was my biggest hang up when I started playing. It's like it just takes way too long to get to the actual exploring of the world because that that's the fun of the game. It, it's a pretty cool world with some pretty neat looking characters and stuff, and that's what you want to go do. And they spend all this time like you got to go meet your mom and you got to go meet your dad and you got to meet this funny guy and they're gonna teach you how to do the things. And I think they just removed like half the dialogue and just really sped up the process of getting into the game. And that would make a huge difference, honestly. That's so weird. Um, I, I read that patch note. They're like, it gives you the ability to turn off the narrator. I'm like, is that is that good? Yeah. <laughs> but apparently the so answer is yes. <laughs> that's the other thing. It, it, there's a narrator, and all the characters speak like gibberish. Uh, so they'll go like, and then they're going to go, and then he told you about the blah, blah, blah. Um, and you can actually like get rid of the gibberish and just have the narrator start immediately. You can turn it off. You can uh, pretty much have full control over how you want to hear the audio in the game. That really didn't bother me much other than the fact that there's just too much of it. Sure. I, it wasn't the narrator or the gibberish or the pacing that bothered me. It was just the fact that I was like, yo, you got to cut this down. Like, let's get an editor in here real quick. And it sounds like that's what they did. Um, a lot, and there's a lot of other like patches they buffed and nerfed to different abilities and things because certain things were just really powerful. Like I think they decreased range damage and increased melee damage, which is probably the right choice because every time I go in for melee, I'm like, this isn't really working very well. I'm just going to shoot him <laughs> with my weak gun. Um, and I'm not even that far in the game yet, but it does seem like that was something I noticed too is like the melee combat, like... I wasn't really incentivized to do it, even though like I was like, oh, I got these cool weapons and perks. It's like, it's just not going well. Um, so a lot of little balance tweaks and things. So it sounds like they've already made a pretty big improvement. I haven't really got to check out the game since then to really like dig into that, but it sounds like they made a lot of, a lot of changes. But I definitely, I mean, I recommend this to people who like action RPGs uh, because you're probably going to like it. Um, the combat's a little floaty and get like I still am not quite used to it, but maybe that maybe that'll actually I don't know if they're tweaking that too. I don't. I'm curious to see how the game feels going back after this big patch. Um, sure, because it does seem like they're tackling a lot of things that people were kind of like, eh, this isn't quite what felt good about the game. Um, and I mean that's just a couple of the things they've done. There's all kinds of stuff that deal with like New Game Plus and blah, blah, blah. So um, I'm not even there to even be able to chime in on those things. But I'm definitely going to keep keep playing this for a while. It, it's a gorgeous game. It's fun to uh, loot around in the buildings and find things. And I'm excited to kind of do more crafting because that's definitely kind of where the game shines. Is You can pretty much take all these pieces and build 
custom weapons and armor and your character will reflect that in the game it's not just like oh plus three bonus it's actually everything will aesthetically look different based on the different components you use so i mean that's pretty neat um and the critters they're they're cute they are super cute yeah so i mean there's that so who doesn't want to be a furry raccoon man thing right running around and whacking stuff I I think the good news about that game is that even though it like didn't do terrifically well critically, it's actually been selling really well. It was actually I think yeah. the best selling game of last month. Um, it definitely so. strikes me as the game that's going to sell really well. It's going to get rated a six and a half, but yep. a bunch of people are going to buy it and play it and be completely happy, and no one will care what the couple exactly. reviewers said because it actually has a lot going for it that kind of trumps the. I don't know. It. This the story is just not super engaging. I think that's yeah. really the the hang up. If it had a compelling story, it'd be like nine, nine point yeah. five. Like and it just doesn't quite have that. But I mean, the game enough, itself is fun. Yeah, the the critical score in Metacritic for the Xbox version is sixty eight and the user score is six point seven. So yeah, it looks about, like it's about the I mean, but there's yeah. nothing wrong with a seventy, man. Right. Like that's a that's very, very fine. So Well, I think that's a to to critics that's a low score and to like normal people that's like a pretty good game. Yeah. I think that's kind of yeah. where the that like diverges, I guess. I mean, I guess the thing is, is if you can pick up a, a seven for twenty bucks, like it's almost always gonna be worth your while. So I'm kinda oh, hoping yeah. it comes to Game Pass. Like it's a small enough studio that they might like get their their sold money and then bring it to Game Pass in like three or four I months. I can see that too. Yeah, yeah. It'd be good. Cool. Uh Colby, why don't you tell us more about the deep, scary ocean. Subnautica. It's awesome. Um, I've played it way more since I last talked about it, and I really need to learn not to talk about games. It's like, you know, I don't know what kind of games these are. Games where you build stuff and collect stuff. Uh, life simulators. But, yeah, but, I mean, this isn't a life simulator. Like, <laughs> It's a really I'm, terrible I'm life stuck simulator. stuck on an alien planet that... <laughs> I didn't say it was a good life simulator, Colby. I said that you are simulating someone's life. It's it's not great. Um, I think technically it's like a survival game. Yeah, it is a survival game. Like when you don't die very often. Yeah. Um, It. uh, I I need to like not talk about those until I'm like 15 hours in, because like from like zero to 15, I'm like, well, I guess this is good, and then from like 15 to whatever's after 15 i'm like oh i've put 48 hours into this in a week okay you know <laughs> um and i literally i'm at 48 hours um i think i've that's funny at two weeks into this game um <laughs> it's super fun like <clears throat> sorry <coughs> allergies um it, uh, it, it is one of those games that, like, once you learn kind of how it works and uh, once you upgrade things, that was the big thing. Like, I think last time I talked about it, I didn't even have the little mini submarine that you can zoom around in. Um, and now I have several mini submarines. And, you know, the, the suit that Ripley gets into at the end of Aliens to fight the Queen yeah. Alien? Like, one of those, but that it goes underwater. Um and a giant submarine that I basically live out of. Um, nice. But they're, it's super fun. Uh, I'm going to be buying the uh, like sequel, I guess. Yeah, it's, I don't know if it's... Is it a sequel? I mean, spiritual sequel? Kind of? Like, are you the same person? I don't know. That, I don't that think I don't know. so. 
um as soon as i can um yeah. it's it's really good out, out of curiosity do you know what mode you're playing in it like like difficulty wise um like a normal mode i think because i'm not in like sandbox but i'm not in like you need to eat and drink or you will die Okay, so you're probably playing it in freedom mode. Probably. This is interesting. So they've got a survival mode where you have to deal with health, hunger, thirst, and oxygen. If you die, you respawn, but they pull certain items from your inventory. Freedom mode is the same as that, but with hunger and thirst disabled, which sounds like it would be far more enjoyable. And then there's hard, hardcore mode, um, which is the same as those, except there's permadeath. Oh. Um, yeah. And then there's creative mode, which just kind of opens up everything. So, like, you don't have to... You get all the blueprints, you get all the mats, and you can just build stuff. Hmm. So, interesting. That's, a, that's an interesting way of managing difficulty. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm yeah. having a real good time with it, though. Um, I was... We'll probably end up playing it after we're done here. So. Nice. Yeah. The, uh, the funny thing is, is it's a game that independently Colby and I both thought maybe we should start playing again um and I haven't actually started again but I did install it um and then Colby's like I'm playing Subnautica I'm like oh I just I just installed that so that's uh it's a cool game it's always been something I've 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 played it I probably put four hours into it over like five different play times like I've never played more than maybe an hour into the game but I've always enjoyed what there was out there so that's cool did you play anything else or was it all underwater all adventure? Colby getting eaten by Krakens over and over and over again. Um, I played Stardew Valley this week because it's like, it's a part-time job for me now. Um, it's just, which is is fine. We're a hundred and, I don't know, 17 hours in-ish to our, our playthrough. Um, there's very little left to do in that game, but we still keep going into it and playing it. Um, it's, the end game for it is... It's not bad, but it's not great. Like I, I completed a bunch of quests that on the the new island that I unlocked that give me access to things. Um, all the quests on the island are super obnoxious, and so I got through all of them, which is nice, I guess. I'm I'm literally trying to save up uh, a bunch of bananas now so I can build a thing that'll let me warp between my farm and the island. It costs a million dollars. I'm like, that seems like a million dollar warp point would be fine. I've got almost three million dollars. So yeah, it, it saves me like, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes a day. Like That seems like a good investment. So um, there's still apparently stuff to do. I just haven't haven't figured it all out yet um I, I don't know how long i'll keep playing it but maybe forever it might just be like it might be one of those games where like but cliff you 100 percented it like seven months ago i'm like yeah but my farm didn't stop growing stuff jeez uh, so so monster know. sanctuary where the first uh playthrough i 100 percented it and then played it uh, another time and yeah. am about halfway through a third time I think the thing is, is I can't really see myself like starting a new farm. Like that doesn't really interest me in this game. But I can see where I'll get to the point where because it's kind of how it's been so far. Is like I'm like I don't know. I think we're almost done, and then like something will pop open. I'm like, I guess we could do that. And I'm afraid what the next thing is going to be is like, well, we haven't crafted a hundred percent of the things yet. Like I'm afraid <laughs> I'm going to start achievement chasing in that game, and that seems super dangerous. <laughs> where you're like, yeah, well, I mean, I haven't crafted a hundred percent of things. I barely have cooked anything. I could just spend, I don't know, three or four years cooking. And maybe, uh, you know, I haven't shipped everything yet. Like, that's one of the, the tasks is you have to ship one of everything. Maybe I could maybe I could ship one of everything. And, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, 
it's fine. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Uh, we'll we'll see where I'm in next week. Um, I also have been playing the Wild at Heart more. Um, I I I think that game's very interesting because I'm not not enjoying playing it. Like it's fun, um, but I'm like. I spend a lot of the time playing it, like, just vaguely frustrated that all of my little things that follow me around are kind of a pain to keep with me, and every once in a while they just all will die and do stupid things, and, but, like, I read about people playing it online, like, you know, people talking about playing it on Twitter, like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get back to the Wild at Heart, and I'm like, I'd like to finish the Wild at Heart, (laughs) it's... It's, you know, there's, it's got a lot of good things going for it, it's, like, really cute, it's really, um... Got some like kind of unique gameplay ideas. I hate that it's got a night cycle that forces you to go home. Like it's a game that's that's very much about exploration. Um, but every like you can't explore too far in one day because you'll end up out at night and there's stuff that kills you at night. Um, and honestly, like I don't even know how bad the things kill you at night. It just like the game spends a lot of time convincing you that you should never be out at night because terrible things happen. Um, so like maybe night's not as bad as I think it is, but I, I don't know if I want to find out and, you know, get killed. So, I mean, and there's also no penalty to death. You just wake up the next day and they're like, you should really be more careful. Um, but it seems like kind of at odds with itself to some degree. They're like, Hey, you need at least 35 of these little Spritelings to come over and help you lift this rock. I'm like, yeah, but getting them from here to there sucks. Um, they're like, Hey, you need to explore a lot. And I'm like, but yeah, but I can't go too far. I get trapped out at night and it sucks. So... I don't know, It's it might just be like a game that isn't exactly geared for how I want to play a game, maybe. Um, but it's super cute. Like, every time I find somewhere new, I'm like, oh, this area is so fun. And, like, I'm at this point now where I've, I've rescued, like, the first kind of phase of it was rescuing all these people. And then the second phase is kind of, like, finding all these things and helping all these creatures do some tasks. And all the creatures are adorable and... It's not that it's not enjoyable. Like, I mean, if you ask me to, like, just give it a rating, I'm like, I don't know, it's like an eight. Um, but it's like kind of a frustrating eight. Is that a thing where I'm like, I, I, I understand, like, intrinsically how I would rate it. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, parts of it are kind of obnoxious, though. <laughs> so, I don't know, I'll finish it. Um, it's fine. Um, I also started a little bit of a Prey playthrough. Um, it... So, like, last week you get 500 Xbox points, Xbox reward points, if you got a single achievement in a list of, like, 10 games. And I'd already played, I think, nine of them, um, but I'd never played Prey on the Xbox, so I, I booted it up because I'd actually, it's been installed on my, my Xbox for probably three or four months, eh, maybe two or three months, because I want to play it again, and it was a good excuse to kind of get into it. And I was very pleasantly surprised to find out that Prey has actually added new difficulty levels. They actually have, like, a story mode difficulty level in Prey. Um, which is is really good for me because like I find that game absolutely just anxiety inducing because there's all these giant like eight legged liquid spiders or four legged liquid spiders that can turn into coffee cups and stuff. So I already am like super paranoid in that game because that coffee cup could be a spider, that chair could be a spider, that like traffic cone could be a spider, and they just pop out of nowhere. So you spend the entire game just like trying to you know figure out where the next giant thing that's going to kill you which coffee cup it is and crushing all the coffee cups. And on the default difficulty level, I found I die. Like I was also constantly getting killed by them, which wasn't a lot of fun. So like making the game actually, and I think all they did was just make it so the car- the bad guys do less damage. Um, there's no change in how many of them there are. There's no change in how much 
damage you do to them, I don't think. It's just like they physically damage you less. Um, and it's made the game way more enjoyable. So as soon as I beat the Wild at Heart, I'll probably pick Prey up and uh, and roll through that. And then I'll play Subnautica. So there's at least like two weeks between when Colby stops playing Subnautica and I start playing Subnautica. Yeah, so yeah. you guys get a little like Subnautica break. Uh, anyway, I think that's what we have been playing. Uh, we would like to now talk about our uh, our delightful patrons. You can go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast to support this podcast. Slip us a couple dollars each month. Uh, if you give us $10 a month, we will read your name and... Uh, I don't know. I assume you get like good karma for that. If you're like a karma person, I assume I assume you'll be rewarded in heaven. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, those folks that will be rewarded directly by someone else that is not me, but imagine some sort of celestial being that. Um, what is it? Billy Wayne Davis says that if you buy tickets to a show, you'll get into heaven. And if, if that's, that's exactly not, it. if that's not true, come and see him. Yeah, see, that's exactly it. If you if you are a patron of our show, you get directly into heaven. You just like straight, you know, pass go, all that stuff. Um, if not, you can find Colby and uh, and discuss it with him. Which is gonna be a bummer if like one of these folks dies, does not get into heaven, and then comes back and haunts us. Like that's gonna suck. Yeah, but it'll be fine. John Tippins, thank you for being a patron. Sean Palmer, Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, and Joe Cole Jr. These folks. Uh, just kind of make a lot of the stuff we do possible. We appreciate you and all of our other patrons. We have a one, three, seven, and f- uh, one, three, seven, and ten dollar tier. And again, go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast to figure out a little bit more about what we're talking about there. Next, Dylan, can you help me? News. I love it. I miss it. I miss it when you're not here, Dylan. You bring gravitas to the news. Gravitas. 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 All right, Borderlands Three is getting crossplay, which is kind of nice like i like to see games add crossplay. um apparently though according to randy pitchford who tweeted about it on twitter like i i enjoy randy pitchford just like throwing it out on front street like you know this isn't a press release this isn't anything this is just randy pitchford on twitter saying hey you know we have borderlands 3 100 percent ready to go cross play for all the platforms um unfortunately our publisher ticked uh 2K will not let us do crossplay on PlayStation. And he kind of left it at that. But if you remember, I'm going to say three weeks ago, we told you about how PlayStation is forcing companies to pay them money if they don't think the split of DLC and, and cosmetics and stuff they're getting is like correct. If, you know, 50% of people are playing borderlands 3 on playstation and they're not getting 50 percent of the revenue from you know essentially downloadable content and and uh you know cosmetics and loot boxes and whatever they uh they force the companies to make that up to them in behind the scenes payments um and apparently 2k just doesn't want to play that game so the good news is is if you're on pc or if you're on xbox you can uh, or google stadia you can all play together um as soon as this patch goes through unfortunately if you're on the ps4 or ps5 sorry you're still in your own little island over there which which is a real bummer like i said this would this would have been troll corner if it uh hadn't been for the fact that we already had someone else in Troll Corner and that we, you know, PlayStation had already been in Troll Corner once for this. So I don't know. I think we, we talked about this, I'm going to say a couple weeks ago, where we're like, you know, it kind of sucks. Like crossplay came out and everyone was like, yeah, crossplay. And then nothing really happened. And I wonder why. And I, I think that this might be why. And that blows. Like I, I'm very bummed about this. Like, what do you guys think? I like crossplay. And I think it's a bummer that they're not doing crossplay. Right? I just, 
it's it's when Borderlands Three came out, it was like you know it was it was kind of. Uh, I remember thinking like this would be a perfect game for crossplay because it came out about a year ago. It was kind of when all that stuff came out, and it's awesome that they're patching it now. But it it really sucks that the two biggest consoles can't play with each other. Um, like I don't think you're going to get a lot of Xbox place uh, like Xbox PC crossplay. Like I'm sure there'll be some, but I don't think that that's really nearly as big as what you would get with PlayStation, Xbox, and it's it's a bummer that Sony. It's a bummer that Sony is so preoccupied with the idea of making money. Like, I don't know, does, to, the, to me, this feels like that every time you hear, like, you know, piracy, you know, it, it's it's destroying, uh, you know, the movie business. Or piracy, it's destroying the music business. Or piracy, it's destroying whatever. And they're like, we lost $7 billion to piracy last year. And I'm like... Well, how do you get that number? They're like, well, we took every single person that pirated this game and we times it by sixty because that's what we would lose. And I'm like, but that's not that's not <laughs> what you're really losing. It. Yeah, <laughs> you know what percentage of those people would have never bought your game if they couldn't? And certainly a lot of them wouldn't have bought it for sixty dollars. This to me really feels that way. Sony's saying, well, I mean, obviously if they're not buying the DLC over here, then you know it's because of crossplay. And I'm like, is that is that really an accurate? statement is that really a fair statement is that you know or or the reality is is are you getting a lot of more people to buy that game in the first place because now they can play it with their xbox buddies like it to me it seems like those things all probably on a like big enough time scale a, a high enough graph that all those things probably even out but sony like so desperately wants to nickel and dime this process that they'll make it so companies won't do crossplay just because they don't want to deal with sony's crap um I don't know. I, I think it's stupid. That's what I think. I think it's stupid. <sighs> you tell anyway, me. I'll tell. I'm going to call Sony up right now. Well, after the podcast. It would be real weird if I'm just no, like, No, hey, get guys. him on the phone now. <laughs> Do you think I, like, I need a PR contact. I'm Cliff Johnson from the Bite Me Podcast. They're like, who? I'm mm-hmm. like, you've, oh. Yeah, I'll you've done screwed up. I mean, Cliff. I'm going to tell you. Johnson from IGN. <laughs> all right cole so uh, dylan have you read the mistborn books no have you ever heard of the mistborn books negative <laughs> colby and i have both read the mistborn books and they are very very good they're by brandon sanderson who is a uh a local utah author actually who has written a I don't think I've ever read anything by him that's bad. Like, all of his books are very good. He writes in kind of the mostly fantasy genre, but also wrote some, like, really good superhero books. Um, wrote some, like, kind of um, YA fiction that I guess was kind of fantasy uh, adjacent. Um, took over the Wheel of Time. Like, you've heard of the Wheel of Time series. He, uh, after Robert Jordan died, he was actually the author that was... Uh, picked to like write the last three or four books in that series, um, but the Mistborn books are—I don't even know how you describe them. It's about a bunch of people that can like control metal essentially, um, and so they can like they can react with different metals to like push off of metal to jump really high, or they can like shoot metal because they can push it and pull it and, and stuff. And really interesting series of books. I highly recommend Mistborn. Um, but the weird part is Mistborn's getting brought over into Fortnite. And I just, 
I've thought about this a lot and I don't understand it all. Like with all the IP in the absolute wide world, why Brandon Sanderson would think that Fortnite would be the place that he would like hang his, you know, first kind of video game hat in Mistborn. And, and on the, like, why wouldn't, I mean, Mistborn would make a fantastic game. Like there's no reason that you couldn't have an absolutely terrific Mistborn RPG. Like the world is really cool. It would be like a really unique set of weapons. You can do all sorts of really interesting stuff with it. So I don't understand why he was like, oh no, yeah, just put it into Fortnite. That makes sense. And I absolutely don't understand why Fortnite was like, Brandon Sanderson, that's the guy we want. Um, the only, like the only tie I can think about, um, like the only reason I can think about that this would work is, do you remember, um, Oh shoot! I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna forget the name of it. Um, the Infinity Blade games, I think, is what they were called. They were iOS games that were made with the Unreal Engine that like did this really good job of like showing how awesome of an Unreal Engine game you can make on mobile. Do you remember those games at all? No, the name I sounds th- familiar, but I think that's what they're called. Infinity? Did I say Infinity Sword? I think it said Infinity Blade. I remember Infinity. Yeah, Infinity Blade. That's that is what they're called. Um, and there's three of them. They were they were technically absolutely incredible. Um, and so, obviously, Epic owns the Unreal Engine, and so they were involved with the creation of those games. Um, I think they were actually made by like Chair Software, which is another Utah-based video game company. Um, Brandon Sanderson wrote the novelizations of those video games. <laughs> And so that that's the only way I can figure that all these things fit together is that Brandon Sanderson wrote some books or, you know, novels or whatever about this weird Unreal-based video game series. And that's how all these things mush together. But it doesn't make any sense at all. It, like, makes no sense at all. Um, but anyway, I guess if you hop in today, you can play as Kelsier. Um he has a, a glass dagger that you can use. I, it doesn't appear that he shoots coins like they do in the books, which I think is kind of weird. Like, is that thing that's really a, a very, a very key part of what they do? Um, I don't know. I, like, it doesn't make me want to play this game at all. <laughs> I uh, I will actually. I, I looked into it and I found out the reason why they're adding it. Okay. Um, according to this, it's because of this thing called money. Yeah, but I mean, and, and, and I get lots that. of it. I don't know. That but that's I, that's at least Brandon Sanderson's um, uh, reasoning. I'm gonna go ahead and guess. So, and that makes total sense to me. I understand. Well, so yes, absolutely. Like money is the reason you do that, um, especially as Brandon Sanderson. But at the same time, like. Why is Fortnite? Why is Epic willing to put up the money for this? Like, I can't hey, imagine. Hey, Cliff, if you drew a character on like a tablet or like on like a napkin, and someone from Epic was like, "Hey, hey, you want six million dollars, and we can put that in Fortnite?" <laughs> Are you going to be like, mm, "Oh, I don't know. no, 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 absolutely, I take that money." I don't understand why Fortnite would offer me oh, six I million either. dollars for it. <laughs> like, That's it. Like, I get why Brandon Sanderson's doing it. Um, like, I, I had always been kind of under the impression that he was a little more protective of his, of his IP than that. Um, <laughs> Everyone has a lot of uh, scruples yeah. about things until a you know dump truck full of cash I mean, pulls up to their house. Colby, Colby and I have talked about that before. I'm like, how much would it take for you to kill a? Ho- 
hobo. And I'm like, well, <laughs> does anyone ever find out? He's like, no. I'm like, hmm, that, that amount is shockingly small. It goes like $65. <laughs> yeah. I just, just want to feel him die in my hands. I remember like, going no, with I a gun. You're like, no, no, it's no, not. No, no, no. I'd prefer to. I, I want to watch his <laughs> eyes as, yeah, no, no, I would not probably do that um i I, like i understand why brandon sanderson did it absolutely i don't understand why epic was like yeah fortnite that's the perfect place for this character that i can't imagine most people who play fortnite have ever heard of like i mean his books are well read like he's a very popular science fiction writer um but like i didn't ever get like he's not Stephen King like he's not like a household name I you know I, I hell it would make more sense to put like the clown from it in this game than it I would mean, I guess appar- maybe you can buy him for less than it probably. apparently um, Epic Games is worth just shy of 30 billion dollars so yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and guess that they just might have money to spare why not yeah like, I guess it could be may- maybe dude Magoo who runs Epic was like I just read a really good book <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want it to be anyway um Go play that, I guess. But really, what I actually am suggesting is you read the Mistborn books. The Mistborn books are really good. I think there's six of them. There's like a, a first trilogy, and then there's a second trilogy that they're still working on that's set like 6,000 years in the future. Um, they're both very good. All right. Uh, Far Cry 6 is actually political. Um, it, <laughs> Far Cry 6 got announced. I mean, it's been announced for a while, but like their first big trailer came out. Um, a couple days ago and like Ubisoft being Ubisoft was like hey just because this game is pretty much based in uh, you know a, a revolutionary version of Cuba that we've renamed to be like I don't know probably Cubert um, it doesn't mean that there's anything political about this game and everyone was like oh doesn't it <laughs> it's Cuba but it just has like an H at the end no 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 it's Cuba Cuba you know coming from Ubisoft the game who set um what wildlands in actual Bolivia? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, there's nothing about this. We're like, but you said it in a real country with real people and real revolution. They're like, no, 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 no. I think you're misunderstanding. <laughs> anyway, um, the uh, narrative director actually has come out and said, like, no, absolutely, uh, this game is is you know has politics. And I actually really recommend you go read the the full thing he wrote because it's actually very good. But the first paragraph was, a story about a modern revolution must be political. There are hard, relevant discussions in Far Cry 6 about the condition that led to the rise of fascism in a nation, the cost of imperialism, forced labor, and the need for free and fair elections. LGBTQ rights and more within the context of Yara, a fictional island in the Caribbean. <laughs> I mean, just, just real quick, has there ever been a revolution that was non-political no absolutely <laughs> like not. I, I mean just from the like standpoint of like this isn't political it's about a revolution which isn't polit like right. i'm trying to think is there a revolution that wasn't political yeah. Anyway, he says, my goal is to empower our team to be fearless in the story we were telling, and we worked incredibly hard to do this over the last five years. We also tried to be very careful about how we approach our inspirations, which include Cuba, but also other countries around the world that have experienced political revolutions in their histories. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's exactly right, Cole. There is no, there's never been a revolution that wasn't political. And some of them are more political than others. Um, some of them are, some of them are, are strictly political. Like sometimes it is really literally two political parties, you know, fighting over power in a country. Sometimes it's 
not as political because it's more like a corporation getting yeah. another country to send in a bunch of people to maybe make a coup. Like, yeah, there's been some like apparently like religious revolutions, but that's about yeah, what but I can I mean, find. And but I mean, I think you could argue that yeah, politics and religion are really just different sides of the same coin most of the time. Um, you know, I mean, especially when they get to the point where a religion is in control of a uh-huh. country, like that just means it doesn't mean it's not political. It just means your country is like what, a an theocracy, <laughs> a theocracy. Yeah. So, you know, eh, whatever. But I, I was actually I I think it's it's a shame that like Ubisoft's first knee jerk reaction was like, oh, it's not political. Um and that they, like, this dude has to come out. I'm like, oh, clearly it is. Like, clearly it is. Anybody who knows anything about anything knows that these games are political. Um, Far, Far Cry 5 was horrifyingly political. Um, and even if it's just about the politics of, uh, you know, essentially nuclear weapons or the politics of, you know, how, uh, you know, a cult can affect, you know, a region. Like, all those things are, are very, I mean, if, you know, th- games are political. And games, like, if you have a gun in a game, it's probably political. Like, you know, and, and even if you don't, it probably is to some degree. I mean, hell, Stardew Valley is a weird game that there's strange politics in. Like, there's a there's an Amazon corporation that I have to choose whether or not I want them to take over my small town or not like that's a, a a a you know a political decision that has political ramifications within your city so i, I don't i don't know if if a game I mean, there are definitely games that are not political but even to make a game that isn't is a decision to some degree so i don't know it, it's dumb but i'm glad that they actually like came out and made a bit of a statement like i said I, i'd go read that it's good um Call just off the cuff. I'll let you answer this too, Dylan. 4chan, good or bad? <laughs> hmm, let me think about that one for a second. I'm going to go with it's a force, of, a force of good. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, even I sh- if it's bad, like First Amendment I, or something, right? I mean, it's no I, 8chan, so. <laughs> It it only had to go to another country in order to continue to exist, so it must be fine, right? Anyway, so apparently, like, I mean, Notch, the creator of Minecraft. Real good guy. Super, super good guy. Um, and getting better, I would say, all the time. Like, he, he's improved uh, just, like, every day gets a, a little bit better. Um Apparently, a lot of the early promotion of Minecraft was actually done on the 4chan V message board, um, which is interesting because even at the time, people were were posting on there like, dude, this is a game like aimed at kids. What are you doing posting it here? This is a terrible idea. Um, but got a lot of traction there. A lot of the, the initial like beta um, and alpha users, you know, kind of found out about it by, you know, going to the 4chan V message board. And so if, if you recall, um, Minecraft's like kind of title screen has a little message at the top and it. it's random. It changes every time. And apparently for the last 10 years, it's had a woo slash V exclamation point message on there. Um, 
And in the the most recent up to, uh, update of uh, the Java version of Minecraft Edition, which is where this uh, has existed, they just very, very quietly removed that and said, hey, maybe it's not a great idea to have, uh, you know, a shout out to 4chan in our game that is, is quite clearly aimed at kids. So uh, that, that got pulled. It's interesting, too. There's actually uh, been three other removals that all were just removals of references to Notch um on that screen <laughs> so it's, it's not the first time but it's interesting too that they don't mention that in the patch notes at all it's just like it's just gone so I, it's definitely a good thing but it's kind of weird that they've been shouting out 4chan for the last 10 years but what do you do did you lose audio call because you're muted oh on purpose okay perfect uh, all right, next up, Fidelity FX Super Revolution, which is, God, that's a terrible name. What, what's the, the acronym for that would be like FFSR, which is not any better. DLSS is, is definitely the better, uh, better acronym. Anyway, that's the new uh, thing coming to AMD-based cards that will allow uh, that super resolution sampling that, you know, essentially it renders it at 10K, throws it, I'm sorry, 10K, 1080, uh, gets you a bunch of frames and then using like magic and machine learning super samples that up to 4k looks really good, but you get a bunch of extra frames. Um, they, they kind of did a big launch of that this week and the really cool news about this, in addition to like what we were talking about last week, where it's kind of an open source thing that anyone can do. It just, you know, you don't have to pay for it. Um, it's just all done via a pretty simple API that any, any developer can use is the news that this is not going to be limited to AMD cards. Um, and it's not going to be limited to just brand new cards. So, if you have a uh, RTX 6000, RTX 5000, RX 500 uh, on the AMD side, you will get uh, this Fidelity FX Super Resolution. But on the NVIDIA side, if you have a GTX 10 series or better, um, like, so I have a 1070, I will actually be able to use uh, Fidelity FX Super Resolution on games I play on my computer, which is kind of fantastic because that means that games that I probably would not have been able to play on that video card, I will be able to play on that video card now. Um, the 1070 is a, I don't know, four and a half year old card, four year old card. So in a, in a world where you cannot buy new video cards right now, it's kind of nice that uh, this will actually work on some older cards um, and really be able to push newer games that should actually be able to work on on uh, and this older hardware that they may not have been able to run to on before. Um, they've got commitments, I think, from 10 different developers and game engine folk to integrate this in. So my guess is you're going to see this in Unity real soon. You're probably going to see this built into Unreal real soon and maybe even some of those other kind of... Uh, second tier engines, I guess you could say, but I'm, I'm really excited about it. It launches, um, in 20 days. So people will start being able to use it really soon. Um, and there's actually a form you can go to, uh, actually submit if you want, if you want a game to support, uh, Fidelity FX, you can actually go in and say, Hey, we want this game to support it. Um, and maybe developers will listen. So I, it's it's one of those things that I was like, oh, hey, this is coming out and it's really cool because I, I like it because it advances PC games and it gives a little competition to NVIDIA. But I'm, I'm actually really excited now because my current video card does not support DLSS, but my video card will support Fidelity FX. So I think they said there's going to be 100 different graphic cards um, that actually support this, which is which is pretty cool. So I'm happy. Cole, do you remember uh, King's Quest? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me if I was happy. Are you happy? I'm super happy about it. You're not happy about it. No. Um, yes, I do okay. remember King's Quest. What do you remember about King's Quest? 
Um, the owl. He was not good, was he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am. I, I probably remember Sierra online games f- more fondly than they deserve. Um, like I like uh, King's Quest was great. Like Space Quest. Like they're they're kind of derivative in the way they name things, but yeah, it's good. You know, like it's it's fine. Quest Quest. Remember how you ate that pie in like hour two of this game? Well, for some reason that makes it so you can't complete like this quest like in the game. You have to start over. Yeah, yeah. I remember it's, that from Sierra. Yeah, and and so like Sierra Online is a a company that that people remember fondly, but I often kind of wonder if it's in the same way we remember a lot of video games from the 80s and 90s. 90s? 90s. 90s. 90s fondly, um, in that like it was all we had, so <laughs> you played what you could get. Um, but that being said, um, I think that that folks, you know, generally have a, a, a lot of good thoughts about them. And if you don't know, Sierra Online was actually founded by two people, uh, Ken and Roberta Williams, who are uh, married and, and kind of f- made a lot of those games. I think they were primarily responsible for the King's Quest games, um, as I recall. They retired a long time ago, like uh, 20 or 25 years ago. Um, they sold Sierra Online and, and just kind of got out of the industry. Um, but apparently they've been just kind of like screwing around with the video game and are going to bring uh, a, a point-and-click game back. And they're, they're actually targeting launching it this year, um, although they even in their release said that that probably isn't actually realistic. So I don't know. I What do you think about playing a new point-and-click game from folks who have not made a video game in 25 years? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on this one. <laughs> like, <clears throat> I, I'm... So... Uh, what what is the name of that game? It came out like two years ago. Ron Gilbert made it. Um, uh, Thimbleweed Park. Yeah, Thimbleweed Park was a terrific new point and click adventure game made by a guy who had made a lot of classic point and click adventure games. So, like, I'm hopeful that maybe this could be awesome. Like, it could absolutely be terrible because I don't I don't want to play another game where I have to like randomly put my entire inventory together to see if it like does something that'll unlock a door somewhere. Um, but like done right. Like there are some point click adventure games are having a little bit of a resurgence right now. There's some people that are making some very good ones. Um, it would be interesting to see them in that space. What I think is interesting though, is like these guys are so non-technical <coughs> that they're, they don't even appear to be like doing their own announcements. <laughs> Like, it's like, yeah, this guy who works for us does this stuff because we don't know how Twitter works. Like, they don't say that directly, but when you hear that the news came um, from a third developer involved in the project, (laughs) it's like, hmm. I don't know. I'm interested. We'll see. All right. um, Shoot. I was going to make you do something, Dylan, but Vinny didn't give us a question this week. So um, could you say hi to Rich? He's from New Jersey. Does that help? Hey, yo, Rich. (laughs) I'll be honest, Rich probably talks closer to that than Vinny does. <laughs> could, oh, man, we, we should have gotten your wife in because they, they could talk to each other because they're both from New Jersey. Yeah, they both speak Philly Dilly. Yeah, that's a shame. We should have thought ahead. Anyway, Rich does not live in New Jersey anymore, so it, I don't. Maybe you lose your accent after a while. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah. His first question is <laughs> if, uh, if you've. What is your favorite Pixar movie? Or if you've never watched a Pixar movie. 
Oh, no, I'm sorry. I read this wrong. What is your favorite Pixar character? Or if you've never watched a Pixar movie, what is your favorite animated movie character? I'm pretty sure we've all seen at least one Pixar movie, right? Wally. Yeah. Wally is good. Wally's a good choice, man. Why do you like Wally? It's so good. It is real good. That's just, honestly, that's one of my favorite movies, let alone animated movies. Yeah, I, I think that's actually the first movie. Maybe not the first, but it was one of the first movies I ever saw on Blu-ray. Um, it was gorgeous on Blu-ray. I don't know, choosing oh, my favorite... Choosing my favorite Pixar character is hard because I tend to like if if someone asks me like what my Pixar my favorite Pixar movie is it like tends to just be like the last Pixar movie I watched um, because I'll watch another Pixar movie I'm like ah oh, man that movie was so good like I kind of forgot and then I'll I'll watch another Pixar movie I'm like ah oh, man that movie was so good I I don't know I I would have a hard time let's see um, if you guys uh, you probably haven't called have you watched any of the Forky shorts on Disney Plus yes they're they're pretty funny. Forky was kind of like a weird character in Toy Story 4, but his his shorts on Disney Plus are absolutely spectacular. I would highly... I, I don't know if I could say Forky's my favorite character, but, like, he's pretty close. Um, I like Doug a lot from Up. Oh, like, yeah. Doug's that a very good be, dog. That'd be, like, a close second. Yeah. So I, I think I think maybe, maybe I'll say Forky... Like, the Forky shorts are hilarious, and I highly recommend them. Um, and uh, and Doug is a, is a... Doug's a very good dog. That's what I'd say. How about you, Cole? I don't know. I'll go with Piper. Who's Piper? That little bird. The little bird. Oh, that's a good... The little blue bird. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good choice, too. I think that's the thing is there's so many... There's so many good Pixar shorts, too. Um, like, it, it's 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 hard to pick. They're all good. That's what yeah, I'm going to say. I just... I couldn't... They're so... Shut up, Colby. Uh, <laughs> Rich's next question. With current subscription trends, it seems that just a matter of time where buying a physical game will stop and consoles will no longer add physical media drives to consoles. Are you okay yes. with not having the physical copy? <laughs> yes, please. Uh, right? I was I, bummed when they decided not to do that <laughs> on the last generation. Right? Because it's like, it's one of those things where it's just like, you got to make the choice eventually. Yeah. Or I guess, I mean, if you want to, not against the option, like have an all digital version or a a disc version, it's fine. I just really don't want a disc drive if I can avoid it. I don't either. And it, it, it I think the thing is, I don't even care if it has a disc drive. Like, I mean, it's fine, whatever, I guess. Yeah. But... I think until you get to the point where physical goes away, you're not going to see like good price parity on digital games. Like digital games mm-hmm. are often still more expensive than than physical games, and maybe maybe the opposite's actually true. Like maybe physical games are what occasionally drives down the price of digital games. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you don't really see that on the PC side of things. Like, all, when you look at PC games, almost all games are digital. Like, you can still buy a physical PC game, but it's not super common. Um, and yeah. physical uh, digital games on the PC side are often very cheap. So yeah. I, I don't know. Um, what I really, other- really wish there was a way for me to do, like more than anything, what I want is to be able to say, I own this CD. I promise I'm destroying it right now. Give me a yeah. digital copy for it. <laughs> like, I don't know I what happens. I incinerate like, them at, right now. Yeah, like you put it in the disk drive. The disk is like, yes, and they own this. It. And then like sticks a needle into it or something. Yeah. And I don't it pops know. out the 
it pops out the other side like a paper shredder. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. it's super frustrating to me the handful of games I own physically that yeah. I still have to like, ah, like, I, the worst the is I never I'm, play them, so I should just get rid of them. I'm lazy and if enough. If I really want to play that game, I'll buy digital. I'm lazy enough that occasionally, like, I'm like, ah, oh, I'd really like to play that game. Ah, oh, it's physical. I have other games to play. Like, I can absolutely play other games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm absolutely fine never buying a physical game again. Um,. I think, too, to me, like, the part of it, like, once I have a physical game, too, I, it makes it hard for me to part with it. Um, like, I'm, like, I've beaten this game. I'm never going to play this game again. I should just sell it. But then I'm like, ah, but what if I want to? But I'm like, I've got a drawer. Like, I have a limited amount of space for these things. I don't know. I'm selling, like, 20 or 30 of my physical games right now on eBay. So I guess mm-hmm. maybe that answers the question. I just don't care anymore. So... On the other side of that, though, I do have a friend that lives in the woods and does not have internet. Fair. And how frustrating it is. He has to bring his Xbox to my house to update it to play a new game that he buys physical. Yeah. Because it just won't play it. And that's also very frustrating um, for a single player game. I mean, at some so, point in time, Dylan, know, you have like, to make the decision whether you want to live in the woods yeah. or play video games. Yeah, but you know, it's a bummer, but it's a choice you make. Um, yeah, no, I get that, I, and I understand too that like, like outside of your friend that lives in the woods, there are a lot of people in this world who live in places where the internet just sucks. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, even if you have good sucks. internet, sometimes it still takes forever to right? download, <laughs> or you have data caps, or. There are a lot of reasons to not like digital games, but mm-hmm. man, like just the overall convenience of them is so nice. Like I love being able to, I, there's nothing I like more in this world than being able to go on my phone and saying, I would like this game, install it on my Xbox while I'm not even at home. Like that's, that's a win for me. So I don't know. All right. Uh, this one is nothing about video games. This has nothing to do with video games. Uh, what makes a, this is actually kind of a, this is a, a, a hard question because Dylan is required to just answer. I don't know whatever Cliff does because the question is: is yeah. uh, what is what makes a good boss slash manager and what makes a really bad one? Um, so Dylan's answer, I'll answer for him, is just however Cliff manages is the right way to do it. Makes a terrific yeah. boss. Um, well, I've never had a, I've never had a bad boss. I've never worked for someone who was a pain in my butt. Oh, really? Um, I guess so. I can really only speak on like, I mean, I can guess. Like, I know what I don't want to deal with, but I've never actually had that experience. Man, that um, must be awesome. I feel like I've been pretty fortunate that most of my boss's managers have kind of let me be autonomous and I can kind of handle myself. And that's, that's what a good boss should do. And it, they can advocate on your behalf when necessary, but at the, at the end of the day, I just don't want to be micromanaged. Yep. I don't want to have to check in constantly. If my stuff gets done, it gets done. Like, yep. that's it. When there's an issue, then we can talk about it or whatever. So. And that's, that's actually like how I, that's like my management philosophy. And it's like how I like to be managed is I'm an adult. You're an adult. We're both adults. Let's get our adult stuff yeah. done. And if I need you, I'll let you know. And otherwise, just yeah. leave me alone. Um, yeah. And I think that that's, that's what makes a good boss. I've had bosses that were bad enough that, like, so when I worked retail, I only saw my boss, like, once every six weeks. 
um, come into my store once every six weeks. And that's so an I, even weirder thing when you're not around them often. Mm-hmm. So it's like this person coming out of left field and is just like well, and telling he, you what what's going on. And he would. He that yeah. you never knew when he was coming. It wasn't like, hey, I'll be there on Tuesday. It was always I'd show up to work on a day I opened, and he would be there waiting for me. And so when okay. you started reaching that like five six week plan like every day when i was going to work oh today could be the day that jim's there and i'd just be like sick to my stomach because he was just he was terrible He was a terrible boss like you know like got things done like through fear and anger um it's just gross like i i like literally like he made enough of an impression on me that i know where he works now so i make sure to never work there and also every once in a while like want to like call him up and like do you remember what a jerk you were um like let's talk about that like because we're both adults now like i'm no longer like 20 and you're you know 15 years older than i am like let's talk about what a dick you were when i worked for you i'd like to get that out in the out in the open here but that seems like maybe counterproductive um Maybe. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I think micromanaging is bad. I think taking credit for things that your people do is bad. And I think every single boss in this world can tell the people that work for them, thank you more often. Um, like I, I work for a boss. My boss now thanks me for everything I do. And I like that a lot. It makes me feel like I'm actually getting stuff done. He's very appreciative. Yeah. Or you um, even just to let you know that they acknowledge that you did it because mm-hmm. like there might be times when you do something and then you send it off and you literally you assume that it gets passed off to where it needs to go but you literally don't hear anything and you're yep. like well that could be lost in limbo i have no idea yep same thing and as a non-manager i do not feel like it is my duty to like flow in the opposite direction like it's a manager's job to check in right absolutely it's not it's not someone else's job to check in with the manager Mm -hmm. um, which i think that can sometimes be something i've witnessed on the outside i guess not like where people like managers don't want to be involved on that yep level with people or like i I don't know yeah to me if a manager's job is to reach out to you and find out what's going on and if they don't want to reach out, then it, you schedule a meeting once a week. Let's do a, you know, let's do a one-on-one once a week. So, yeah, I get it. Uh, Cole, tell me about uh, good managers and bad managers. Colby also technically worked for me, so everything I did was right. Nope. Dang. Um, yeah, I think micromanaging sucks. I had a boss that wanted to micromanage everything. It drove me crazy. Um, one thing, and it, it's very dependent on type of job, but one thing I have found I really like is when your boss has done your job fairly recently. Yep. Um, because I had two bosses, one who had done my job, but hadn't done it in like five years. And then another one who had been promoted like a year before. And the one who had been promoted a year before understood that your job kind of sucks because they remember doing it. Whereas the one who, you know, is kind of five years out, didn't really seem to remember how badly that job sucked. Yep. I hear that. So, I I mean, like. There's so many things that make good or bad bosses if they're good people. I Yeah. Nope, I agree. I think uh I think that having a boss that is just like empathetic is important too. Um that like like you don't have to have done that job 
to know that there are parts of it that suck. Like you just, you should yeah. know, you know, like I, I, I don't know how many times I've told someone that works for me, like I get that this sucks, but somebody's got to do it. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I understand this blows and I'm sorry it has to be you, but like you're the only person that can do it right now. Like I would do it if I could. Um, I think bosses that like, pitch in where they can too. Like I worked at Fuddruckers for a while and I hated every second of it. Um, but one of the things that really impressed me most is that the, like the general manager of that Fuddruckers, if we were on a busy lunch rush, would come in and cook hamburgers. Like I think that, you know, being able to, you know, understand that, you know, sometimes things suck. Like I had managers that when I was working until 3 a.m., it didn't matter if they had something to do, they were working until 3 a.m. too, just because like, to be there, you know, and I think that that's important as well. So I don't know, like, I think you can really like sum up a lot of being a good manager. Just like, don't be a dick. Like, remember that everyone who works for be you is a, a human. Yeah, I think right? that's just like be. Yeah, I, I I had a boss who I always said would be an excellent boss for robots, yeah. but was a horrible boss for humans. Yep, yep, absolutely. I get it. All right, next question is actually by Colby. So maybe hey, it's me. Am I asking it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what's a, a, a like a store that went out of business that you would bring back? And also, what is a restaurant that went out of business that you'd bring back? Uh, let's see. A store that's gone out of business. Media Play? <laughs> but, like, Media Play, like, when it opened. Um, Isn't and that just FYE or no, did it's they really, all go out of business too? I, I don't know if they're still in business or not, but I think Close. the thing that I liked about Media Play, but the problem is Media Play was a very particular point in time too. Like I wouldn't like Media Play now because I don't go buy CDs. It's going to go buy CDs. Right. But like, well, then me- why would you bring it back? <laughs> like, I, think, I like it in theory. It's over there. I mean, I guess the th- like, I don't know, uh, like, uh, what's McCall that just went out of business? Um, fries but like i want it to be fries from 10 years ago too um back yeah. when you'd go then they actually had product um <laughs> like i think the media What's play that? i just go ahead dylan i was thinking just like any store i'd bring back there's a reason it's out of business yeah yeah right because like fries is kind of unsustainable at this point yep and like i like the idea of blockbuster or like fye like i like i still like the idea of browsing music or movies or even books is which actually i found it weird there's a new barnes and noble opening in kirkland and it's supposed to be like smaller and kind of mimic an independent bookstore so it's kind of a new take on barnes and noble which i've found odd that like there's one opening and not closing because That's super strange i know they've definitely closed some of them i think recently um so i thought that was kind of strange but that's super strange yeah i i think media play for me is a like it's such a, a point in time like it's i remember going there and looking at cds and going like holy cow this cd's only 11 dollars instead of like the 17 dollars it would cost at music land yeah. sun coast a sun coast yeah you know like i remember like mom and dad being able to buy me the pink floyd box set at media play because it wasn't $180 there. Like being able to surprise me with that for Christmas, like a a gift that I never would even ask for because it was so expensive, but then being able to get it for me because it was like a hundred bucks or $110 at media play versus. Do you remember how crappy the sound was on that? Oh, they're terrible. They're the quietest mastered (laughs) CDs. Like I've never had another CD that I had to turn up like 80% in order to get it to like 
like be even listenable listenable yeah mm-hmm. i don't know so so here's a question because my answer would be um toys r us but for selfish reasons oh, yeah, yeah, i really yeah. don't care about toys r us for the most part but like uh we were at the mall to get something a couple days ago and my kid was like i want to go to a toy store and i'm like well you were born about 15 years too late <laughs> yeah. um because i'm like there really aren't any toy stores anymore yeah um and i I, my wife and I were talking about it and I'm like, you know, she's like, well, did they not do good? And I'm like, well, no, it's mostly Mitt Romney's fault, but you know, mostly. Um, but we were talking about it and I'm like, I don't know if toy stores are actually a sustainable business model anymore. No. Um, cause you have to have a huge store because you have to have a huge amount of toys. And I'm like, you know, back when I was younger, uh, you know, you had to go to a toy store generally to get, toys and i said now like we go to target you know once a week Mm -hmm. where there's a ton of toys um so i i don't know if there is a a toy store that could exist yeah um but uh i i would like one i mean not necessarily for me but like there's like going to target is just not as interesting as going to like a toys r us i i think too like what they found is that the the toys that were big enough to pull people into a Toys R Us were also big enough to have their own stores. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people right. would well, go to Lego store. Yeah. People or, would go there to buy Legos, but a Lego store is big enough to sustain itself. Or are like collectors uh-huh. going to, you know, yep. get like black series or yep. something like and that. They're happy to buy those off the internet, you uh-huh. know? Um, yeah, I think yeah. I do. I do agree with you, though. I do kind of miss going to toy stores. Um, I I will say even I miss going to, like, video game stores. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, I'm not a big GameStop fan. Um, I don't think they present their games very well. I think that they're often very tiny and very crowded, too. Um, But I miss going to, like, just be able to browse video games. Yeah. and I, I like I miss the fact that PC game stores don't exist anymore. Like I would love to go to like a uh, what was Egghead Software? You know, like that yeah. was that was fun when I was a kid going to Egghead. Um, but even like you, you can barely go to a Target anymore and look at games. They only sell thirty. You know. Do you think big box stores that are specialty stores exist in fifteen years? Like um, Best Buy. I think there's probably room in the market for one of them. Well, that's what I told my wife. I'm like, you know, you may be able to bring Toys R Us back, but it's never going to hit Utah. I don't think we have a a population that can sustain that kind of thing. You may get them in, like, bigger towns. But, like, I I don't know if malls exist in 15 years. Um, I think... I think malls will still exist. I think they'll maybe just be different. You've seen a lot of shift to, well, I don't think out of business. I don't think you're going to see malls like, um, like a big indoor thing. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of like the kind of outdooring kind of malls. Um, uh, because I think they're, they're easier. Um, they cost less to run. Like, you know, there's, there's not the huge infrastructure around them, but people, I mean, the thing is, is like, yeah, malls are going out of business, but like, have you been to a mall recently? They're madhouses. Um, like they're always busy. So I think what you'll see is a lot of, a lot of malls will go out of business, but every Metro area still needs like one or two of them. 
Um, I, I don't think it's going to be like it was where, I mean, when you look at Salt Lake, like Salt Lake like six has had, I mean, five or six. Yeah, South like, Town, Fashion Place, Valley Fair, Crossroads, Cottonwood. Wood. And then they open the gateway and then they gateway, open. Yeah. But I mean, even like Jordan Landing is kind of like a mall. Like the Jordan, the one in South Jordan is kind of like a mall. Yeah. Um, when you look at those, like I mean, Salt Lake County or like Salt Lake City as a whole, even Salt Lake Metro is like what? 300,000 people? Yeah, it's... <laughs> you know, like, do, do they need seven malls? No. And so you'll see, it, you know, it kind of like it did where you, now you've got like... which is still still a lot but you know i I think that that's kind of what you'll see is that they'll they'll consolidate down to where you'll always have one or two or three in a city of any size um and i think like best buy will probably exist in some format forever because they're the ones that have made it out the other side like they put CompUSA out of business they put future shop out of business they put you know all of those places out of business i don't know if they'll always be as big as they are now though have you been in a best buy recently yeah yeah (laughs) and so what i would say what will happen with best buy is they'll close their non-profitable stores and they'll move their profitable stores like either either they'll close their their non-profitable stores and that'll you know, push enough people into their profitable stores or they'll close their non-profitable stores and downsize their profitable stores. So they're paying less in rent. They're paying less in people. Um, their online sales probably help too. So now, uh, apparently they're shifting more towards being like a storefront to like, or not like a storefront, like a showroom. Yep. Um, yep. where you can go in and like, Hey, this is, you know, Google rents us out so you can show them how the nest works. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, so people can so buy stuff online. What's a restaurant? Sweet tomatoes? Yeah, I was going to say sweet tomatoes too. I miss sweet tomatoes. Yeah, I do too. Especially here. Like, there's just nowhere I've found in, like, the Seattle area that has a good salad bar. Um, there, It was Sizzler for a while, and then Sizzler went out of business too. Um, I don't want to bring Sizzler back. <laughs> I think they're still in business other places. They are. Um, There's one down the street for me. Man, when I was a kid, like the answer probably would have been um, Shoney's. Like, is Shoney's still open? Um, maybe in like South and the West. Yeah, I loved. I, don't know. I loved Shoney's uh, breakfast. Breakfast buffet. Um, like if I wasn't a vegetarian. Any longer, um, Kenny Rogers Roasters would probably be up there because I loved Kenny Rogers Roasters. Shoney's um, does still exist. Yeah, yeah, but probably Sweet Tomatoes. Like I loved, I loved the salad bar at Sweet Tomatoes. So, how about you, Dylan? What, what restaurant would you like to be able to go back to? I don't. I can't even think of one off the top of my head. Really, yeah. Noggles. Noggles. It's just Del I'm trying to think, like. I don't remember really growing up going to something like i know things that like shut down locally but not like the yeah. store closed it wasn't like they're not out of business so yeah like the whole franchise isn't gone so i'm struggling to to think of something yeah. that there's a lot of local places that i wish i could bring back to like places that had a yeah. single location did you ever go to della fontana me yeah Oh no! Yeah, Della Fontana was cool. It's in Salt Lake. It was in an old church, um, and it was a. It, they only had one thing on the menu, um, and it was like thirty-five bucks, and it was a six-course meal, and the meal changed a little bit every night. Yeah, they did that. Uh, there was a place called like the Five Ales. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In 
holiday yeah i think is, um, is the, the same thing delfantano was one of those places that was like just fancy enough to make you feel very fancy when you went it was like the kind of place that people went for prom um you know like like it wasn't outlandish it was you know for two people it was like you know probably 80 bucks with a tip um maybe might only been like 25 bucks a, a plate um but like you went there it was like oh this is this is this is fancy there's there's you know courses there's candles on the table yeah kind of you know like cloth napkins like it was yeah. it was just a little bit fancier like if you couldn't afford to go to the roof you went to della fontana so ooh, this silverware is made from metal yeah uh-huh exactly so but they went out of business cool place though uh, all right, next question. Uh, where did the questions go? Let's see. Uh, Princess Megan says, what are your, <laughs> again, nothing to do with video games. What are your favorite alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages? I don't know what, like, non-alcoholic. Um, I mean, really, I don't know what alcoholic <laughs> really is either. Um, My favorite non-alcoholic beverage is probably just Coke. Maybe, mm-hmm. a, like, if I want to get real specific, a Coke from McDonald's. Um, Agreed. It's 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 actually become a little bit of a problem during the uh, the the pandemic as we're like, let's go somewhere. We're going to go buy cokes at McDonald's because they're only a dollar and they're very very good. And now the people at McDonald's are like, hey Cliff, here's your cokes, and I'm like, oh no. Anyway, <laughs> little hint, I guess. Here's a tip: if you get the McDonald's app, you can get a large fry for a dollar once a week, and then three cokes, and it's like four bucks. It's great. Anyway, <laughs> don't ask me how many times do, I've done that in the last... Do you just all share a large fry? Sometimes, yeah. It's good. I mean, it's a dollar. Like, whatever. You can get a free medium I, once a week, too. Oh. I know. Can you do it at the same time? You cannot. Uh, but anyway, I may have gotten $3 Cokes t- or $1 Cokes today. It was a great Coke. I like, I like sarsaparilla a Ooh, lot. Oh, sarsaparilla is good. Like a nice like IBC sarsaparilla or yeah. cream soda. Yeah, yeah, I can buy that. I can buy that. My, I don't know. I don't drink alcoholic drinks very often. Uh, like I drink very, very, very seldomly. Um, Colby one time went to the Cheesecake Factory and got some sort of grape drink. Do you remember what? No, it was it was a uh, uh, not a lime ricky a. Gin, Gin Ricky. Ricky. I was good. That was that was really good. Gin Ricky was good. I, I went to Applebee's one time and got a thing called the Incredible Hulk, which I don't know what it is. Um, but my friend had two of them and passed out in Mervin's. Mervin's. So <laughs> whatever it was, it had a lot of alcohol in it. Um, those were good. Um, Colby made a drink for me one time that had honey whiskey in it, I think. Yeah, and lemonade. Was, yeah, lemonade and honey whiskey. I had another friend who used to make uh, alcoholic Arnold Palmer's. That was really good. It's yeah. lemonade plus uh, iced tea. Well, yes, but what was it? Uh, what was the iced tea? The iced tea was the alcoholic part. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't remember. Those were super good. Um, but like, I, I think that's every drink I've had in the last ten years that wasn't like six occasional beers. Um, like, it's I don't drink cream very much. soda and Fireball. Actually, no. My favorite is uh, um, Moscow Mules made with Fireball instead of Moscow uh, Mules are pretty good. I can't remember what you make Moscow Mules out of. I don't either. I mean, like literally, I drink maybe twice a year. But yeah, ginger beer and uh, uh, Fireball mixed together. Yeah, so good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Like I said, just not my not my thing. Drinking's expensive, man. Like I'm real cheap. Like. 
uh, going to his place and going like, yes, I'll have a $9 drink just is not like not my thing. So it's all right. You don't drink it all right, Dylan. I do not, but I do like root beer floats. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I think the thing is, if someone said, would you rather have like a mixed drink or a root beer float? I'm going to be like root beer float float every every single time. Every t- although that's that, always kind of been my thing, man. Like, yeah, it's just- I, I went to the doctors and they're like, "So it says here that you you know you drink occasionally," and I'm like, "Well, no, no, you can probably just take it off as never because like it's so occasionally that like yeah, just go with never." I think that's the funny thing is is when I used to go out like travel on business, like I'd be gone for three days, and so I'd have like a beer with dinner every night. Um, because it's kind of, like, I don't want to say it's expected, but like, you know, like the company's paying for it. Like I would never buy myself a $5 beer because I'm cheap. Um, and like everyone else is doing it. Like there's a little bit of like peer pressure to it. And frankly, like me being in a group of like 20 other people who are super social, like a beer helps. Um, and I, so I'd have like three in three days and that would be more than I would have drank in the like nine uh-huh. months before that. Uh-huh. Like since the last time I went on a business trip, it's just not, just not my thing, but uh, more power to you if you want to have a drink now and again. Like if, if you've made it through the pandemic and not become an alcoholic, I think, uh, I think that deserves a little bit of something, something. All right. Last question. Joe Coleslaw. He says, can we talk about the state of Twitch? Uh, he says that, uh, let's see. They've added a new channel uh, for pools, hot tubs, and beaches. He says to say cringe would be an understatement, but the chat can be quite vile. Not to mention the Nightbot automated message linking all socials, including OnlyFans and other NSF for NSFW sites, all on Twitch. Yeah, they are marked eighteen plus. Yes, you can mute the whole category. But what do you think of the topic? And I think that that's fine. Like I really could yeah. absolutely care less. <laughs> um, I think we talked about this a little bit in news last week week or the week before i mean i I, yeah Uh, we talked about it a a week or two ago i to me like the sum up of it is anything that you can see on twitch you can also see at a beach um yeah any person you can see like sure it's on the open internet and it links to OnlyFans sites but like so do tons of people's handles on twitter so do tons of people's handles on instagram that's on instagram Instagram like you know, if, you know, TikTok is full of, of that kind of stuff. And, like, at the end of the day, like, Americans as a whole are just way too damn precious about, like, a little bit of sex and nudity. Like, it's just not that big of a deal. It's really mm-hmm. not. Um, I, growing up, I, I guess I, what I would say is I grew up in a place that was extremely, like, there are stores in Utah that I kid you not are called Modest is Hottest. Um, like that is a phrase that people which, is, am- which is amazing. <laughs> Remember how we covered up Cosmopolitan magazines? Yeah, like dead serious. Cosmo is covered up in grocery stores in Utah, and it is like to me. I would rather have a chick in a bikini in a pool on Twitch every day than ever have to see a store called Modest is Hottest ever ever again. <laughs> like you know, these people yeah. are. I, I read. I read a, a tweet on, on Twitter the other day that said something to the effect of... Oh, on Twitter. On Twitter. Uh, okay. A tweet there on Twitter that says, like, everybody, everybody's selling their body. Anyone who participates in any sort of job is selling their body. It just depends on what part of it you're selling. Um, and the fact that we've legitimized selling, you know, me using my brain to be a programmer, even though I'm still in the same, you know 
rat race capitalistic bullshit that you know anybody else who's you know on OnlyFans trying to get a college education is or like yeah. I mean man if I could make money sitting in a hot tub reading tarot cards and be making the money I do programming Go for it, man. have you considered I, I have not I'm not saying there's not a market for it but that market terrifies me it's very niche but it's, it's out super super <laughs> I don't know if I can make a living but maybe I could like you know get a new car um at the end of the day like who cares like literally who yeah. cares it, it's i just it's don't f- i just do not care at all like right? it does not matter whether i think it's cringy or not does not matter no um because and if so, that's what people want to watch that's fine too like right? i don't i don't mind like, i mean i guess i find is, it kind of, i was gonna say I, I almost kind of find it strange that like like, is it weirder that they have, like, the dress code that says what you have, it has to be contextual? Yeah. Like, so, like, it, so I could take my Xbox to the beach and wear a bikini, but I can't do it in my house. Yeah. Unless I'm in a pool. Like, why does it matter? Like, it just, why does it matter? Silly. Like, I want to see you with an like, extension cord out on the beach. <laughs> right. But. <laughs> But I, I guess the like, thing why is, is that different? Like, if I'm playing a game on the beach or in a pool in my house, I can wear different clothes, and that matters to their terms of service. Right? Like, that's weird. That's kind of weird to me. So it's like, why, why can't I just play the game in my bikini? I guess in my on my couch. Like, I don't like. What's the difference? I don't. Right? It's weird. I guess. I guess I have two thoughts too, and one is that like of the things I will find offensive on Twitch. Like they're so far That's down the list. It. Like before we get rid of the the girls in bikinis, let's get rid of the racists. Let's get rid of the like just toxic, horrible people. Let's talk. Like, like let's be frank. I would rather get rid of anyone who starts their stream with "Hello and welcome to." Like if we can get rid of those people first, <laughs> right? Like the that girls in bikinis way are more. way way down the list. But second of all, like I want to go into these bikini streams and go like, y'all know that porn exists. You're already on the internet, right? Like there are places you can go where that girl's not wearing that bikini. Like you you know that, right? And you can comment too. Like Pornhub has comments. They're not any weirder than what you're reading here. So <laughs> they might I, almost be less I weird. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're not. They're not less weird, Dylan. I promise. No, like, <laughs> I think what I have often thought about just making a Twitter handle that was just like random Pornhub comments, just because. Have you ever seen the motivational posters where they put Pornhub uh-huh. comments over motivational uh-huh. posters? That's yeah, good stuff. Anyway, I, like, fine. Like, let people be make, people. Get your money. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Like, go, go make your money. That's fine. It's, it's. I mean, out here we have people serving coffee. So. Yeah, I mean. I, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's weird, it's super yeah. weird. I went to high school with one of them, and she has made an incredibly successful life for herself doing I that. I rolled past so, one of those coffee places one time, so and a girl like, leaned out the window only wearing pasties, and it was, like, I almost crashed yeah. my car. It was, it was very right. strange, but, like, whatever, let yeah. people make money where they I have a me. store called Modest is Hottest. So. I knew you did. <laughs> <laughs> God, I, first time I saw that place, I'm do like. You, do you remember in Utah when the big thing was spaghetti straps with a shirt underneath it? <laughs> Yes, I do. That's funny. Yes, I do. V-necks with shirts under them. It. Yeah. Yeah. Utah's a special place. It's not a good place. It's 
Yeah. Anyway. All right. Cheap free games. Uh, Epic Games this week is a mystery game because it's a mystery. Last week was Among Us. If you missed that, that's too bad because Among Us is pretty good. Uh, Tell Me Why is uh, a game on the Xbox. It's free this month on Xbox. And a Neil Young song. That is true. It is free on Xbox. (laughs) It is free on PC via Microsoft. And it's free on Steam. Um, It's made by the folks that did... um, like the the like five part game yeah shoot is that the one i'm thinking of? it is and i cannot remember the name of that game for the life of me life is strange, life is strange they did yeah. the life is strange games one and two um tell me why uh features a uh transgender protagonist um and so it is free for pride month um I, how does twitter feel about that i think it's best if we don't look i think that's what i'm okay. gonna say um okay. i played the first probably hour of it it's very good if you like the life is strange style games um the only reason i didn't play it is i don't i think like the second one wasn't out yet and so <laughs> i like played the first one and there was like ah nothing left to do um but this is actually the first three episodes i don't know if that's an entire game or not but uh definitely worth a look i, I enjoyed what i played of it uh game pass uh the wild at heart which i'm playing right now is coming to cloud and that is today so i think that was actually the first or second so that's available now um, for Honor, if you somehow have gotten this far in your life and not gotten For Honor, uh, it is available on cloud and console on June 3rd, which is tomorrow. So as you listen to this, you could get For Honor if you want to fight like a Viking against a ninja. I think that's how that game works. Uh, Backbone is coming out June 8th to PC. Um, this actually looks good. Raccoon Detective Howard Loter is not a hero. He can Sold. barely make rent. <laughs> and he has stumbled across something so massive that it will shake the very fabric of society. Stunning visuals and evocative soundtrack and a daring narrative bring a dystopian Vancouver, British Columbia inhabited by animals to life in this highly anticipated post-noir adventure. Sounds real good. Um, coming to PC, that is actually day and date on release. And then uh, Darkest Dungeon is coming to cloud, console, and PC on June 10th. It uh, Darkest Dungeon like sounds like such a good game, and then every time someone's like tells me how the actual gameplay works, I'm like, that is not for me at all. It's a uh, like a roguelike turn-based RPG, like where your characters can go insane. Um, <laughs> like if you stress them out too much, they go crazy, and then you can't bring them out because they need some time off to get over being crazy. Um, people that love it love it. It is very cool from what I understand, but absolutely not for me. Uh, PlayStation <clears throat> PlayStation Now, which you may have heard of, uh, is getting The Witcher Three Wild Hunt Game of the Year Edition, which is very very good. Um, Sonic Mania, Sonic Forces, and Team Sonic Racing, which are Sonic games. I don't know if they're good or not. I don't think I've played a game since literally like Sonic Two the Hedgehog Sega. Two, so <laughs> I, I can't speak. Uh, we played that one on Xbox 360, and it was okay. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff. Um, Slay the Spire, which is great if you haven't played that yet. Virtua Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown. I did not know Virtua Fighter had made it to 5 yet, but good on them. And then uh, finally, probably the, the crown jewel of this month's PlayStation Now release, uh, Car Mechanic Simulator. Have you guys yeah. seen Power Washer Simulator? Yes, I kind of want it. I kind of do oh, too. Man. that sounds very satisfying it sounds very satisfying but then on the flip side I'm like I own a power washer I have things in my house that desperately could use power washing maybe I (laughs) should just power power wash my stuff but in VR yeah it sounds I mean like power washing is awesome until you realize that like you've been power washing for a long enough that your arm just aches because your arm is jello and you're covered in 
dirt water and, and dirt and, and yeah so maybe the, on the pc is the right way to do that that might be right uh twitch prime this month we've got batman the telltale story series um which i heard is pretty good um i think battlefield 4 i don't have that written down but i'm pretty sure battlefield 4 is also in twitch prime this month uh newfound courage is a story driven adventure game about a gay hero who falls in love with his best friend while the world unravels around them i mean who hasn't been there uh lost in harmony Wait, what was this game it's called newfound courage did you just talk about Battlefield 4, or am I just having, like, a stroke? Those games are separate. Battlefield Battle- 4 okay. is a, is a like, war video game. I, I started reading something on that, and then, like, I'm like, wait, what happened to Battlefield 4? I mean, I will be honest. If that was the that plot, would be awesome. I, that would be so much better than the actual plot of <laughs> Battlefield 4. Like, I would take a, like, wartime romance in the trenches game <laughs> over the actual, like, plot of <laughs> Battlefield 4. Any day, but no. Newfound Courage is the story-driven <laughs> okay. adventure about a gay hero who falls in love with his best friend. Uh, Lost in Harmony is a musical running game with a deep and emotional story. Uh, BFF or Die is uh, a crazy cooperative puzzle game where you can play with up to four players, become a time-traveling alien sent to Earth on a risky rescue mission. This next one is Spit Kiss. Now, Spit Kiss to me sounds like something you would actually look up on the Urban Dictionary, but is in fact a... <laughs> the best thing about this game is, is as I get into the description, it doesn't get any less Urban Dictionary. It is a one-finger platformer that lets players enter into the lovely world of the Spit Kissers, where tiny creatures that communicate through only body fluids and emojis. Okay. So, spit Kiss. I'm going to pass on that one. I am going to immediately download that and stream it. Uh, Mugsters. Seems text- like we're in the vein of Leisure Suit Larry. Yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I have a copy of that, too. I could stream that, too. Test your knowledge in this physics Mugsters. Uh, physics-based, supercharged, action-packed puzzler with sandbox levels where players must outrun, outmaneuver, and outsmart their enemies by using different vehicles, environmental traps, and explosives. All right. That is free stuff this month. Are you guys ready for Troll Corner? Sure. I'm ready. Uh... It is not Sony this week. Troll Corner brought to you by Sony PlayStation is uh, it is EA, uh, I believe. Um, I guess it might just be like the Need for Speed franchise, but uh, I'm pretty sure EA owns them. So this weekend, a bunch of uh, Need for Speed games just got like delisted off digital stores. Um, it includes, hmm. uh, let's see. Need for Speed Carbon, Need for Speed Undercover, Need for Speed Shift, Need for Speed Shift 2, Unleashed, and Need for Speed The Run. Um, just got delisted um, off off stores on Memorial Day, <laughs> which seems like a, a pretty, like they made the announcement and delisted them that day, which seems kind of terrible. But the other downside of it is they're also turning off all the online servers for them. And like... I've never played any of those games. I don't want to play any of those games. I've heard they're not very good, but I think it's kind of lousy to just say, hey, like, if you've ever wanted to buy these games, you can't anymore. Um, those games are effectively gone now. Like, those games effectively don't exist anymore. And very soon, uh, August 31st, you won't be able to play them online anymore. Um, and, like, I read a Kutaku article over over the weekend that was like, you know what, guys? Like, what is the reason? These games are all eight or ten years old why can't you just release these games like why can't these games just be free like open source them open source the server if someone wants to run a need for speed shift to unleashed server let them they want to spin up you know something on amazon and and run that server so people can go play on it like why why not like what is there to lose with just saying, hey, we're not going to sell these games anymore. We're not going to support these games anymore. Like, if they get bugs, if they get broken, whatever. Like, 
nothing, but just like put them out here so people can play them if they want to. And instead, they're like taking them off these servers, never letting anyone buy them ever again, and then also not letting their online components play anymore. EA is valued at like what? $60 billion? Like, I think they could probably keep some Need for Speed servers up, right? Like, that that seems like something that could be done. And I just, every time I see one of these things where they just take a game down and make it so you just can't buy it anymore, it it gets worse. And it, it I find it very, very stupid. What do you guys think? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I just don't... I think, I think games after, I don't know, maybe not 10 years, but... 30 years just just make them free but i mean the thing is, is they move so fast they move so yeah. fast that why not 10 years like i i mean like i think the thing is is that 10 years there are still games being made you know that uh but like uh, you know i set puts skyrim i think in yeah so maybe 20 years but yeah. i guess i guess the thing for me is is fine it's not 20 it's 20 years but if you if you're going to remove them completely for sale uh-huh. like you're done uh-huh those games yeah. are free now put them up on steam yeah. for zero dollars let people just download them i wonder if they can't because of licensing i mean probably but i mean that's also why there's a bunch of 15 year old games that you just can't buy anymore like yeah. why why is this well, it's, it's it's the same thing where i'm like you know you can't get an NES ROM technically legally but like no one knows who owns the you know yeah. like the, this company went under was bought out then went under and then was bought out again and no one's really sure who owns the rights to this game and it's like then just give it yeah. away for free. Well it's like what, what was that uh, like uh, spy game with the like female protagonist that came out in like 2003 2005 Perfect Dark? No, uh, something like it had a very James Bondish name. Something like Will Die or Die. I don't remember what it was called. Oh yeah, yeah, I know it. Like people would love for them to re-release that game or make a sequel to it, but no one knows who owns it. And and the problem oh. is, it's not just that nobody knows who owns it. It's the only way to really find out who owns it is either to pay to do the research yourself or to start making a game based on it and see if they sue you. And then, like, take them to court to make them prove that they actually own that IP, you know? I'm just going to say that I own it. Right? But, I mean, the thing is, is maybe you do. Who knows? It's, you know, you, like, got some weird, like, letter. You thought it was, you know, like, some sort of class action lawsuit. And you didn't read the fine print. And now, all of a sudden, you know, you own some video game franchise. I was actually given it to me by my great uncle who died. That I had to spend the night in a haunted house. Um, and I did, and now I own that game. I guess I just don't understand how we could have made it all the way through the 80s into the 90s and saw what happened when, like, DVDs started to try to be released, you know, into box sets and, you know, onto Netflix and stuff, and everyone went like, oh, man, these rights are a beast. Like, I don't know, music and all this shit, and we can't put them out, and like, man, this sure sucks. That's why the X-Files, for some reason, is... $80 a season or $150 a season, you know, like maybe we should look into this. And then video game companies are like, this will never be us. This is fine. <laughs> you know, like look at other media 10 years before you guys started screwing up and, and like take a few lessons. I don't know. It, it's, it's ridiculous to me that, I don't know. Copyright's dumb. That's what I'm going to say. Like, is that just enough? Copyright's dumb. Yep. I don't know. I guess the thing is, is I can still read a book 
and it's not really that different today than it was when it was written 80 years ago. Um, but like, there's a big difference between playing a video game that came out now and playing a video game that came out 40 years ago. Um, like, I don't know if we need to keep protecting the idea of centipede, you know, like it's, it's not complicated. It's nothing that anyone with, you know, three months worth of unity experience couldn't make. So like maybe at this time those just sure. If you want to sell centipede fine, I guess, but I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is, but I find it exceptionally frustrating. Um, also in this week's news, Nintendo sued a ROM site for $2.1 million and put them out of business. Um, nice. That ROM site did choose to represent themselves in court. And I think we, <laughs> How did that go? Well, I mean, what's what's the saying? Like, a, a, a person who represents himself in court has a fool for a client. Is that is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, I, I think that's it. Yeah, he mm-hmm. lost pretty bad. And like, not that I think that ROM sites should necessarily exist, but at the same time, like, if Nintendo is not going to make those ROMs available, you know, someone's gonna. I, I'd really like to play Final Fantasy VI, you know, mm-hmm. legally, but right. Yeah, I think that's the moral of the story. Is like keep. I mean, I can. I own it on Super Nintendo. But, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you shouldn't have to buy a Super Nintendo to play a good, unaltered version of Final Fantasy VI. You just shouldn't. Yeah. Um, it's just dumb. Anyway, I think that's us for this week, unless you guys have anything else. Nope. All right. Bite Me Podcast. You can find out more about us at BiteMePodcast.com. You can follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, slash BiteMePodcast.com. That's not right. That's absolutely not right. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, slash BiteMePodcast. It's like part of my day job is actually like advising other people on how to run their social media. Like I, I actually like work as a social media consultant as part of my day job. And I should have, we should have way better social media based on what I tell other people to do. Like it's no. a real bummer. Anyway, uh, you can follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bitemepodcast. You can join our Discord by going to bitemepodcast.com slash Discord. You can hear Dylan say this word at the end of every single podcast we've ever put out that Dylan was on. And then sometimes we make other people say it, but mostly it's Dylan. Dylan.